just hello just like the sheet says with scorpion pose you're really focusing on the fact that you never know something if you haven't tried it so um, we're going to try and play and um, just enjoy the moment and I might have to make you more copies yep. uh, you all received three sheets from me where we're going to go over kind of talking about the pose, the body parts affected, some fun homework questions, and we'll um, look over the physical and energetic uh, benefits of the pose. Um, when you're in um, a pose like scorpion, your feet are floating, your feet could be touching your head, um, you get to do funky leg positions, and it's really hard to get the full expression of the pose if you don't have alignment. So we're going to talk a lot tonight about alignment. How many of you like inversion practices? One, two, oh, that's pretty good. So the interesting thing to me about alignment is the fact that um, if you practice, Patabi Joyce used to always say this to us as students in the Ashtanga world, he used to always say that if you practice, 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 all is coming. So we are going to practice and play. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get into scorpion tonight. It doesn't mean that you are not a good yogi by not getting into scorpion ever in this lifetime or all the other lifetimes that you are going to partake in this exciting uh, world that we live in. Um, uh, the word itself is, um, is uh, defined as scorpion. But if you look in your front page, and um, you're welcome to go copy one of those um, at the copier if you want to. Yeah, because I don't have one right now. If, yeah. Um, is um, almost very similar to the word for tree pose, right? Starts with the V. Very exciting, yes. And it ends with asana. So you're um, pretty safe to say that um, the... VRS would be the verse, right? And the chick asana, right? When you say scorpion pose, most people in the universe won't understand what the Sanskrit word means, so it's just better to say it as, uh, um, you know, sometimes in English to make it a little bit easier. But everything that we do in our practice on the mat literally builds up to it. Um, as it says on your sheet, the pose strengthens the torso, your back, your arms, and your shoulders. And you work all of those entities when you start to come to the mat, right? You're doing all of that stuff in a sun salutation. The only thing that you're not doing is that fact that your feet aren't floating in the air the whole time. Yeah? It's a great chest uh, opener. It's great for your spine, your hip flexors, your shoulders. It helps you to work on balance and openness. But most importantly, as you concentrate on the breath and you really tap into the moment and to moment awareness of being present, what happens is you open up to vulnerability. And vulnerability is super scary because when you start moving into more advanced poses, it's not coming from a place of ego, it's coming from a place of spaciousness and almost grace because you're present, right? 
you can't do this if you're thinking about like what you're gonna have for dinner. You can't do it if you're thinking about um, a weird conversation that you had before. You can't think about it if you're ruminating about like, oh, after this practice, I have to go and give a presentation on the word saucha, right, to my tech group. What you really have to do when you're doing any advanced poses and even something as simple as like a warrior two, what you have to really think about is the fact that you are giving yourself the opportunity to be right there. Anybody ever read Bhagavan Das? Ram Das? He has this great book, Be Here Now. So it's like a lot of things that you might have heard of during like um, the hippie era of our culture. But if you really think about being present, not in the past and not in the future, but right here, right now, when you're practicing any yoga pose, it becomes effortless effort. It becomes so graceful and so easy that I know we talked about this like last tech when we bumped into each other is like, I don't know how to do it, but I really want to try. So I might not be able to do it, but at least I'm going to be present, right? Has anybody ever seen a duck? Yes, right? So you, hopefully all you've seen a duck, 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 gray duck, right? We're in the Midwest. Um, well, if you've ever seen a duck, and it's swimming on the surface and it looks really, really pretty and might be graceful. It might be bobbing its head to get some food and stuff like that. But it just looks kind of easy. It's just hanging out. Underneath the surface, there's a lot of shit happening, right? There's a lot of movement with the pedaling of the feet. There's a lot of like balancing out right and left side and so that the duck floats and it really looks very graceful and elegant just sitting on the top of the water very similar to any yoga pose, right? Even if you're in a warrior two, if your shoulders are slumped, if your elbows bent, if you're thinking about something and you have your head cocked to the side, if your leg or your foot on the foot leg that's straight is not completely touching the ground but is kind of like at a little bit of a lift, there's going to be a disconnect, right? And then you actually have to work almost harder to because you're kind of um, all awkward in the pose. But say that your head isn't cocked side, your arms are straight, your fingers feel energized, and that foot is so solid on the ground, you're still that little duck moving your feet, balancing out your shtira and your sukha, right? And on this sheet that you got, on page two, and I say this so often and it's reiterated on every time that you um, uh, take a tech with me, when you're practicing, you're constantly shifting smoothly into that inner state of equilibrium and peace. You have a steady and easeful state, which is always shtira sukha asana. So you're always balancing out your strengths and your weaknesses. And it might not be perceptible to you know a layman or someone who's watching but even if you believe that your pose looks perfect and it could be the cover of the yoga journal it still takes a lot of effortless effort to find stability because you're always riding the wave of the breath you're always finding balance you're always finding yoga as you 
balance that power and stillness. So that's what we're going to kind of play around today is being really open to vulnerability as we allow ourselves to uh, try. Okay? Oh, perfect number of people. Okay. If you go back to the first page, we're going to use for our props a block, a strap, and a bolster, and maybe even a chair if we start playing around. But look at how that image of the body parts affected for um, Leslie Kamenoff's um, anatomy photo right there. Look at how many parts of your body have to be engaged. More of the stuff that's colored in is the stuff that you're going to be working on. So obviously, don't you think that what muscles would we have to open or what muscles would we have to address in order to be able to get to this, say this is our peak pose of the class, right? Anybody got a guess? Shoulders. Shoulders, right? Hip flexors. Hip flexors. Front body. Uh huh. And at the same time, we have our whole back body. So, what's that stuff that's kind of um, highlighted? If anybody has really good eyes, you could read it. But your muscles that support your lower lumbar region also have to be really, really stable. So, you do in some ways have to do some back bends to create that stability. So what's a backbend? And I gave you a lot, all of these answers already as we're going to go into it, but what's a backbend pose that you might do to prep for this pose? What's something you do in a sun salutation? Cobra. Cobra, yeah, up dog, right? Something so simple and basic is going to be such an important part of doing scorpion pose. And what do you do when you're doing any upward facing movement in yoga again? Yes. What do you do when you're doing a downward facing movement or kind of like a, a forward fold? Exhaling, right? So as you're in this pose, your inhales aren't really compressing, we're actually creating length. And because what's going to happen is we're doing a forward fold, you have to engage what's the front of your body parts that are highlighted. The thoracic abdominal. Right? Your abdominal walls. So, there, so your um, belly has to be active. So a lot of this pose and going back to that idea of shtira sukha asanam and how to balance out and be masterful and to find that inner force is to balance out the ha and the ta, the sun and the moon, the positive and the negative, the good and the bad, the sweet and the sour, the inhale and the exhale. And once you start to get that conscious, deep diaphragmatic breath, that's when it's just like, when pasta is really good. It's not like hard or stiff like cardboard when it just comes out of the box. And it's not too overcooked because that's when it's like, you know. But it's that point where it's al dente. And that's what we really have to focus on as we engage these muscle groups. Um, this pose, scorpion pose, is an inverted pose. 
And a lot of people call it an advanced asana, but it has such great benefits for the nervous system. And we'll talk about that when we go through the energetic effects. Because of um, the inversion, though, it's the elixir of life because it has so many anti-aging effects. How many of you can do a headstand? Hmm? Good. Have, <coughs> have you ever seen the picture of Dharma Mitra doing a headstand in a, a sewer grate in uh, or the sewage cover manholes in New York? Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. There are a lot of yogis who believe if you do a headstand every day, you are literally um, finding that fountain of youth. You're um, literally, when you forward fold, people believe that you're rejuvenating skin cells. People believe that when you do the breathwork practices, you're allowing your skin to have this incredible anti-aging effect because you're healing yourself every time you breathe and you're sending more oxygen into your system when you're inverted because you're getting your head out of your ass. So this pose is also really good because you'll be hanging out, right? There won't be a lot of pressure or strain in your neck and you're just doing very much. Um, it's a forearm balance or it's a headstand in a sense, but your head is never going to be touching the ground. And these anti-aging uh, benefits are awesome. And um, the pose itself is going to allow you to get your body to be lifted upwards, even in the face of like conflict or challenge, right? Because you're doing a forward fold, but you want to think of like you're doing an up dog. Does that make sense? So a lot of times when I have people in, say, just a regular vinyasa class, you could always tell someone in any pose where they're doing a forward fold, can they feel an up dog? And what will happen is they feel a shift because they start breathing differently. They start engaging the back muscles to lengthen, which is what you want from a back bend. And it's pretty, pretty amazing when you start working from the inside out. Cool. Um, it's interesting because um, the um, pose, scorpion pose, is all about when the insect strikes, right? And it shows its power. This pose is very similar. It's kind of like, oh, I'm showing my power. Life is got that effortless effort, but we're going to skim the surface and we're going to use the breath to stay grounded and steady. Fun? Mm -hmm. So I have a homework question for you. Um, and if you want to ponder it, it's on your first page. It is um, surrender and non-attachment and letting life unfold. Are these easy for you to come by? Because of this pose is teaching a ton of patience. What else in your life teaches you patience? So if you ever have like a, I don't know what to do for my homework or for my journaling today, you can always use some of my silly questions from my handouts. But we're going to find out today about patience and how we're going to try to see what happens. We have so much um, power in our bodies we're incredible superhuman machines, as I've already mentioned, but we have to empower from within. Because if we're looking for someone to like show us how to do this pose or do this pose for us, 
kind of like light huh? does that work very well right we really have to just keep trying trying and like the little engine that could you will succeed um, because practice is progress the component parts that we're going to kind of um, work through just like that picture um, from Kamenov's yoga anatomy are your hip flexors are going to open so we have to open the front of our hips and stretch them and um, we're going to be doing back bends because you're um, initiating from the um, upper back and the lower back is stabilizing from the breath and the core which leads you to um, engaging the abdominal walls intelligently the biggest challenge or what people do in this pose is they compress and in turn our intervertebral discs do you know what an intervertebral disc is right so you have your spinal column and in between the bones of the spinal column are the intervertebral discs and you know when someone says like i have a pinched nerve or i have a compressed disc all of those things almost look like a jelly donut that went awry where if it starts to compress it goes like and it just kind of like gets like out of whack so we really want to focus on intelligently breathing to engage the abdominal walls so we don't over compress the lower lumbar region another thing that's interesting especially as women coming to the practice is that your lower lumbar region is where your kidneys are housed and if you start compressing that area or if you're like super duper stressed out your kidneys don't function properly and it'll start not only creating dis-ease but it also creates a space where you're in a state of fight or flight and what happens when you're in a state of fight or flight stop breathing right we stop breathing yep but also um we start to create this little bit of a, a paunch because the fight or flight produces cortisol and our body doesn't process that very well and when you hold on to the stress you start to kind of get um, a muffin top which is funny because you think like oh I'm compressing the intervertebral disc so I you know I'm just hurting my back but actually all of this stuff manifests in such an interesting way in our lives this is fascinating aren't you glad you went through a snowstorm to get to this yeah right yeah um, and the thing that I really like about this pose and what we'll spend a lot of time on with this pose is that it's a forearm strengthening and balancing pose what is something that you do to create strength in your forearms dolphin pose perfect sphinx pose great yep so if you were doing like you could do sphinx to dolphin which we'll play around with what's interesting is that when people aren't holding dolphin pose properly or that dolphin plank pose properly they start to dump into their shoulders creating rotator cuff issues and a lot of chiropractors and doctors love yogis because they always are shearing and tearing the tendons and ligaments that support the knees the hips and the ankles and the shoulders we want to practice using the breath to allow ourselves to strengthen from the inside out so that really you're not even taking the brunt of the weight in your forearms but you're working from the inside out from your belly 
And so we're going to play around with some interesting um, plank things. And then just a little side note. Um, one time I heard Dr. Oz say that um, uh, doing forearm plank helps with bat wings. You know? So like, uh, oh, so, so some, some women are always challenged by the way the body ages. So it's also another way of um, strengthening so that you don't start sagging. Um, poses that are associated with scorpion or prep poses, setup poses, and modifications and variations to learn how to do for point three. We're going to go through a lot of those things. But um, cat-cow, plank, dolphin plank, plank sit-ups, down dog with a strap, three-legged dog, um, crescent lunge. We're going to do... Um, we're going to walk our friends in a handstand. <laughs> Did you see your eyeballs popped out of your head like I'm a cartoon? A <laughs> yeah, so we're going to kind of play around. It's very interesting. You can use a wall to practice at home. You can use bolsters to practice at home. You can even use a couch to practice at home. Um, something that's very interesting is another prep pose or another pose that helps with this pose that we're going to be doing is how many of you do pigeon, right? So Ekapadarajakapatasana, your king pigeon, often is never doing the forward fold because that's more of a restorative pose. When you're doing your king pigeon, you're trying to get your foot, the back foot, into your arm and hold yourself up, right? And placing the foot into the arm that's reaching back and reaching the front arm up and back to meet it. Often, if you're practicing at home and you're really bored and you're watching TV, you can keep the front knee forward that's bent where it is, but the back leg, you can start to take and shift the foot so that it starts to go up the back of a couch so that you start to elevate and create more space in your hip flexors so that you get more stretch and more resiliency in your body. You also have to be careful that you're not overstretching and all of this stuff because that's one of the biggest things, especially if you're in a hot room, you can overstretch and kind of hurt yourself. So we're going to talk about that too. Um, and then... The follow-up poses. What do you think would be a really good follow-up pose to any of your scorpion prep poses? I listed them for you. <laughs> right? A forward fold. Any kind of, um, like, uh, threading the needle, like a hip opener. Right? Because you're doing so much compression for the low back in this back bending position, so a twist kind of realigns the spine. So you just length any any kind of pose will help you to lengthen and twist and move about to help you to um, re uh, rebalance from a challenging inversion like scorpion pose. Um, for those of you who have 
been with me before, you know my biggest favorite fan, I'm the big fan of Tadasana, because every pose is Tadasana. So if you're not feeling Tadasana and length and openness and alignment in your um, scorpion, then you're not in Tadasana. And in Tadasana, we always learn that our hands are our feet, our feet are our hands, so where's the center of your body? Um, so we want to really um, work from uh, that idea that if we do have those dynamic opposites, everything's drawing to the midline, and we're finding balance, and we're finding ease. What's kind of neat about um, uh, the way that you're learning how to teach this pose is that... Um, even though it's an apex pose and a culmination of backbends, core work, and standing poses, um, using this forearm balancing, you're always making it accessible. You're always teaching for modifications on up. If you're not teaching for modifications on up and you see a student trying to do something that they're not prepared for, that's when it's not going to be magical. It's going to be kind of tragical. That's not a word, but... Made it an, an ickle. It'll be oh, icky. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, that's good. Part of really balancing your shtira and your sukha is to remember that along with alignment, you have to really focus on the stillness is being the observer. The freedom, the awareness that you're creating is because you're observing the breath. It's not your ego doing this pose. And then in turn, this conscious active breath will help you get the uh, physical and energetic benefits. So if you turn to the third page, um, where it says physical benefits, um, I've already touched upon some of them, but you're building stamina and endurance, which is really cool. You're helping with digestive functions, um, and you're eliminating constipation and flat shulens. Um, I did have, um, like, cheese before I came here, so you might have some flesh. Um, you're stimulating the sympathetic nervous system and the body for action, and because of that, it's an energetic boost, and it's stimulating the entire endocrine system, especially your thyroid and pituitary glands, which is helpful because it's counteracting depression. And when you are kind of strengthening your hamstrings, your glutes, your adductors, your spinal muscles, your shoulders, you're creating flexibility with your quads, your hip flexors, your intercostal muscles. Um, all of this stuff allows you to not only take yourself too seriously, but it helps you to kind of tap into that inner sense of power. So you let go of insecurity. Um, I'm trying to think of any key things that might be interesting. Uh, if I'm stimulating the um, spine energetically, what am I stimulating? The chakras? Yeah, <laughs> good. I like you're good at sign language. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, when those chakras are flowing freely, then you are really in that more heightened state of awareness. 
The only time that you want to make sure that no one tries this is if they have some serious blood pressure issues that you know of, if they have a, like just coming back from a rotator cuff surgery, if they are having some kind of like really bad wrist issues, or if they are having some kind of lower back pain that they're just like, um, you know, taking um, prescriptions for or wearing a back brace or something like that, then you'd be like, you know, maybe opt out for this today or you can find a prop to help them so that they go into a gentle up dog versus a full on weight bearing uh, forearm balance. Because you're literally, as you're flipping the perspectives, you're also flipping the gravitational force. So that's a little um, overwhelming for some people, especially if they already have pain and dis-ease, then it's only going to exacerbate the issue. Uh, you want to make sure that you um, breathe with the students, make sure that you're motivating and supportive, and that you're not kind of um, just um, having one person in the room kind of show up. And having everybody say like, oh, look at this person and watch what they're doing. You kind of want to um, have everybody moving from the modifications on up. And if someone is like, you know, like a pro at a scorpion, then just let them go and do what they need to do and honor, honor the, the, the students and stick with everybody and everyone where they're at. And the other thing too is if you don't, Practice this pose, you can allow the students to do them if it's part of their practice and say you're doing like, um, you know, uh, uh, part of your practice where you're saying, okay, if you want to do a headstand or any kind of other arm balance, then you can have them go into it if it's something that they already do, right? It doesn't mean that you might not have perfected it yet, but this is an inversion. So if you say like um, at the tail end of your class, Okay, take, um, you know, uh, 25 deep breaths in a headstand and someone's like, well, they want to do a pinchy myrosin or, or uh, other kind of foreign balance like scorpion, then they can. You just have to let them move with their own space because you're supportive and motivating, right, as the guide. Um, and then the final thing would be um, you do not have to touch someone in these inversion practices. Because a lot of times if you do approach someone and you don't know if you're doing it properly or you don't feel comfortable with it, you're actually going to make it worse for them. So today as we play around, we're going to kind of practice stuff, but we're not going to um, uh, have to do these things in a large group setting if you're teaching. Sound good? Awesome. Um, let's kind of work off of page two for the rest of class where we go into poses and we give ourselves the opportunity to kind of try some of this stuff about. Um, the first thing I want to do is I had asked all of you to get a block or a strap. So um, if you have the strap, uncoil it. Yeah, and so that I was going to just talk about that. So as you uncoil it, some of you have the metal version, some of you have the plastic version. It is going to depend 
on your body. Um, uh, I mean, it's going to depend on the um, plastic one if it's going to work very well, but it should catch, right, like a belt. And what you're going to do is you're going to make the D-ring so that it is shoulder width apart, right above the elbows. Because this is a tech and this is not like we didn't do a full practice, I want to make sure that um, You've never used the plastic one before? Yeah. I'll show you how to do it. Okay. I know. Because this is uh, um, tech and we might not have practiced before, I want you all to make sure that you um, don't do things if your body doesn't feel warmed up, right? We want to just be really careful. So with the D-ring, you go through the um, side closest to the strap. Uh, that's um, already bound up and sewn on there, and then you come out the other side, right? So that when you pull, oh, it should stop it. So you can tie it in a knot. It's not going to stop it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Very, very intelligently. 
Okay, whoever is the student, you are going to put your hands at the top of the mat on the wood floor. You're going to keep your strap there, and you're going to keep your feet straight, and you're coming into a high plank pose. So if you have a bolster or anything like that, you're going to have to kind of push it away. The student's going to stand up like me, and you're going to uh, have your friend. Their strap is above the elbows, and they are going to come into their high plank and straighten their arms and their legs. Their butts are in line with their shoulders. Their shoulders are in line with their heels. Teachers, what you are going to do is you're going to go behind their feet and you are going to push their heels up higher uh, with your feet. You can do it with your feet. Yep. So you can just touch the, um, not the middle of the foot, not the arch of the foot, but touch the heel and push the heel forward. Yeah. Good. All right, now move away from the heels, walk to the front, and place your head, hands at the top of their head and say, is it okay if I touch you? Okay, yep. top of the head, so the crown of the head, the, the baby soft spot, have them push into your hand and you push back at them and then what do you girls feel who are in high plank? More strength? Yeah. Okay, good. Push your shoulders out, broaden your arms, and breathe. So you're working from the inside out. High plank. Breathe. Come higher on your toes. Breathe. Pubic bone forward. Lengthen the tail. And now come down onto your knees. Okay, smile. How was that experience? Okay, you're okay? Now I'm going to have you go into your forearms before you get up. So we'll get it all out of the way first, and then the, other, then the teachers will come to students, and the students will be the teachers. So now, students, you're still doing the same thing as high plank, but you're not really trying to rest weight on your hands. So take out your hands, and you have all these interesting points of contact in your hands. Feel your thumbs spread wide from the index fingers. Feel the middle fingers point forward so that your wrist should be stemming from your elbows. Ah, yep, open your, open, 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 open. Nope, open your wrist. Thumb, middle fingers forward, so open your wrists. This way. There you go. So you're making a box, shoulder to elbow, elbow to wrist. Middle fingers point forward. Your fingertips almost feel like they're digging into sand. And then you have four points of, or the pad of your hand is kind of elevated like a suction cup. And you have like kind of this beautiful spaciousness underneath the pad of your hand. So that the heel of the hand, the side of the hand, the ball mounts of your fingers, everything's touching, but there's this lightness, okay? High plank, I mean a uh, dolphin plank, forearm plank, whatever you wanna call it. Good, push your strap out, push out into the strap. Do you feel that? You're creating space, good. But let your booty be in line with your heels. So you got to drop your ass. Ugh. Yep, I know. There you go. Good. Breathe, 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 breathe. So now the teacher isn't even really doing anything. They're just making sure that you're using the strap. All right. Uh -huh. Bring your knees down. Find child's pose. Teachers, you're going to learn an adjustment that is used often. Stand behind your student. Take your uh, feet behind their feet. What are we doing? 
Students are students, child's pose. Teachers are behind you. You're going to take your hands like a W, and you're going to put your hands so that your hands are like near the logo of their pants, and you're pushing down and pulling back in a sense. Yep. So you're stretching out their tailbone. Students are just relaxing in child's pose. Your forehead might touch the strap if the strap is still on, but you're just creating some space. Okay, everybody's good? Awesome. Okay, release your students. And now we're going to do the same thing. So your hair looks really pretty today. Your, now your student is going to become the teacher, and the teacher is going to become the student. Okay, so we have our strap right above the elbows, and we're using the strap to help us to condition our shoulders to figure out where to go to. Because anytime someone comes into a down dog, the first thing that they do is they like to eat their ears with their shoulders. When you have the strap there, it makes you broad in the chest, broad in the clavicles, create the engagement in the um, levators. Yeah. All right. So at first you're in high plank, but you've got to come up away from the wall so that your friend can stand behind you. So put your feet, hands on the wood. Yep. Straighten your legs out, high plank, pushing out. Good. Broaden your shoulders. So the first thing that you can do, just so that you don't have to touch their feet, is use your heel and get you their heels up. If you would like to, if you want to touch their hands, that's great, but you're touching into the bone of the heel versus the arch of the foot. Yeah? All right. Now they're high up on the ball mounts of the toes. They're more engaged in their legs. Go to the top of their head. Take and place your hand at the top of the head and gently allow your hand to not push into them super hard, but they're pushing forward and you're gently nudging them back to get them to find their center. Good. How's everybody feeling? Okay? Broaden your shoulders, lengthen your heels up higher, pubic bone forward, lengthen the tail, eyes are soft, spine is long. Lower your knees, child's pose. Good, give yourself some space, and now we are going to get prepared, and we are going to now move into the next phase, dolphin plank. Place the elbows down. Think about the fingertips digging into sand so that there's some lightness in your um, um, palm. And the middle finger is slightly pointing forward, wrists stemming out from the elbows. Undersides of the hands are light like suction cups. Straightening out the legs, breathe. Push out through the shoulders, inhale and exhale. If your friend has got their tushy too high, teachers tell them what to do. Yeah, with the, with your words, yeah. Oh, it may be. She's just broadening her shoulders. It's okay. Yeah. So think. I don't let you. Yep. Don't touch her tushy though. Use your. Try and find your yoga words. Yeah. I know. See, you're getting thrown into it, right? So just. Well, how would you tell a robot to readjust? Try three simple cues. There you go. <laughs> Push down. There you go. Yeah. Two words. Two words. Push down. See? Magical. And she did it. It's very
Pavlovian. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. And then let him have a little child's pose break. How did you feel um, as you adjust your friends? You're going to stand behind them. You're going to take your thumbs towards each other, fingers spread out almost like a W, and you're going to just gently press down as you pull back. So press down and pull back. Good. So you're hopefully lengthening. You can ask your friend how it feels. All right. Let's switch. Teacher becomes student, student becomes teacher. Now, what your friend is going to do is they are going to come into, they're going to face, the people who are the students now are going to face the floorboards so that your feet are back towards us. Okay? Your elbows are um, bent so that you can feel the strap in the proper position right above the elbows towards your shoulders. Okay, so they're above the, on, the, on that side. Okay, now bring your hands down to the ground and set yourself up for downward facing dog. Spread out the fingers, downward facing dog. Okay. Now, your student is in downward-facing dog, teachers. Their heads are hanging down. Their foreheads should be touching the strap, pretty much, because that's where it should be. What we're going to have them do is come into three-legged dog, but if their hips are lifting up high, how would you communicate to them to readjust their hips? So lift your right leg up. Good, square the hips to the floor. Rotate the right hip down. Awesome, right hip down. How about, um, what's going on with her foot? Okay, so activate the foot, yep. Mm -hmm. Point the toe towards the ground. Point the toe towards the ground, right, because you're dorsiflexing, so toe to the ground. Right, how do you drop the right hip even, you know, so a lot of times people don't drop the right hip. So what you actually sometimes have to do to your student is have them use you as a wall and push back. Push your hips up high. There you go. Feel the difference in the pose? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, good. And then bring your foot down. So try that. Become a wall for your student. So students, maybe use your left legs just because you might be tired on your right leg. There you go. Yeah, push so see right. how you are lifting your right hip. There you go. Push it into her. Your head hang down. So I'm going to challenge you all tonight not to muscle through this stuff because this is all about the breath. The skirt might be need to come off. Right? And cover. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then release. And now you're going to now the students are going to become the teachers and the teachers are going to become the students. Um, through this process, is that attached to your camera? Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. All the way. Yeah, perfect. The strap is annoying. And why is the strap annoying? Because <laughs> your head is right there. Ah, but that's okay, right? Because a lot of times people use their neck and shoulders. And in pinching Mayurasana, in um, your scorpion pose, your head is slightly elevated like an up dog. 
So you're not looking towards your belly, right? And we're, we live in such a thinking culture. It messes with you, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it does. Because I'm not used to it being there. Right. right. Like, so your inversion practice is a no thinking practice. Raise your leg. Okay, so what leg are they going to raise? Pardon me? What leg was she? She has her right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. So look at her hips. Her hips should be in alignment. Right down. No, so, uh, yeah, so when you're adjusting someone, yeah, that's okay, that's okay. So um, bring your foot back up again. Good. And then drop your right hip and line with your left. So, yep, and so you're actually let the student do the work and you do the more of the adjusting. So her alignment would, um, she can drop her leg down a little bit. There you go. And now you, all, you don't even have to hold her cap. You're the wall. Yeah, you're aligned now. Good. So see how her hip is a little bit higher? What can you do to help her to your line? Okay. Okay, do you feel weird about using your hand? No. Okay, so use your hands. Right here. It's okay. Did I catch you? Okay. Yep, no, you use it. Yep, but you're just a wall. Nope, don't even. Yep, yep. She's pushing into you, you're pushing into her. There you go, and you're getting her to readjust the hips to come into alignment as she pushes out the strap to create space in the shoulder. Good. Awesome. And then release. Yep. Really think about this in a way that's very simple. Go ahead, bring it down. Yep. <laughs> okay. Good job. How's everybody feeling? All right. Who wants to be my guinea pig? You? Okay. All right, let's all try something before we get into this space. Um, let's do an up dog and a down dog a little bit. So what is a pose that is very similar to up dog and down dog? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What's a similar pose to up dog, a dog, and down dog? And it's written on your sheet in part three. Cat-cow, right? There you go. All right, so let's find a simple cat-cow. So we're going to, just like we did in plank, all we're doing is we have weight bearing in our shins now, so our legs aren't straight. And inhale, lift your heart. Broaden the shoulders. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Inhale, lift and open. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Inhale, lift and open. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Roll your toes under, downward facing dog. And let's walk the dog a little bit. You all did a really good job adjusting your friend and downward facing dog, and now you are going to adjust yourself. With your next inhale, walk your feet close together. Lift your right leg high, bend the knee, and open your hip. So now we're over-exaggerating this, and why are we doing this? Because what's another part of scorpion pose? The quads. Quads, but your hip flexors, right? Yeah. And you're doing a little bit of a back bend. Now step your right foot in between your hands. Place your left knee and shin down to the ground. 
Inhale your hands to your right thigh. Good. So we're working into our hip flexors. We're just breathing, opening our heart. With your next exhale, bring your hands down to the ground. Roll the left toes under. Sweep the arms up high. Crescent lunge. Couple deep breaths here. Give yourself an opportunity to create some space. Exhale, palms to the ground. Step back, down dog. Walk your dog a little bit. Walk your feet close together. Lift your left leg up high. And over-exaggerate your three-legged dog. Bend your knee, open the hip. Feel this nice freedom. This is also an opportunity. You could have your students rotate their ankles. Then we'll straighten the leg out. Step the left foot forward. Low lunge. Right knee and chin down to the ground. On your inhale, reach your arms up high to the sky. Good. Oh, or you can keep your hands to your thighs. That's what we did the first time. Breathing deeply. With your exhale, your hands come down. Roll the right toes under. Arms go up. Crescent lunge. You have this incredible opportunity here to balance, to breathe. Lift and open. Exhale, hands come down. Step back, down dog. Inhaling through the nose. Exhaling through the nose. Beautiful. Now we did our cat cows, but let's take it a little bit deeper. High plank. Knees, chest, chin, down to the ground. Inhale, gentle cobra, lifting your heart. Gaze down the tip of the nose as you look to the ground, four feet in front of you. Exhale, press into your hands and your knees. Downward facing dog. All right, let's try it again. Inhale, plank. Exhale, this time only bring your knees to the ground. Elbows hug the ribs. Lift your chest up, upward facing dog. Elevate the knees as you press into the shoelace side of your feet. Breathe. Look to the right. Look back to center. Look to the left. Look back to center. Look to your belly button. Oh, it's so cute. Downward facing dog. All right, two vinyasas. Inhale, plank. Modify if you need to. Exhale, chaturanga. Inhale, up. Exhale, down. One more. Inhale, high plank. Exhale, chaturanga. Inhale, up. Exhale, down, dog. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the mouth. Look to the top of the mat. Walk your feet to your hands. Spread out your toes. 
Little bend in the knees, place your hands to your hips, and with a flat back, rise up. All right, ready? Okay, so my beautiful guinea pig is gonna come and stand in high plank. So her hands will come out, legs will be strong. You're just gonna breathe. So we're gonna do a vinyasa. But what I'm going to show you is you're working from the center. So as we just all did a vinyasa, are you warm? Mm -hmm. What did you feel in your body? Strength. Strength. We opened up our hip flexors. We created a little bit of a back bend. We did a lot of cool stuff. We're always working from the center. So it's not really the arms doing the work. Exhale, chaturanga. Good. Inhale, upward facing dog. Good, good, good. Exhale, downward facing dog. You got it, you got it. There you go. push your hips up. <laughs> yep. Okay, wanna try it again? Okay. Inhale, high plank. Exhale, chaturanga. Inhale, up dog. Good, exhale, down dog. There you go, there you go, there you go. Down dog, let your head hang. You got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Got it, got it. Good, that was good. Good. You okay? Yeah. You're in there in reversion. All right. Uh, you didn't know what you were going to do. <laughs> uh, here, come here. So watch what happens. You're already in an inversion when you're in a downward facing dog. When you're in, lift one leg, you're in, uh, you're three quarters of the way already to a handstand. Okay, I'll try it again. High plank. Okay. Chaturanga. Inhale, up dog. Good, work from your center. Exhale, down dog. Ah, good, push into me. Use your breath. Inhale and exhale. So all we're doing is working from the center, okay? So that when, whoops, when we come into, and she's more adept like um, with this practice, right? And it's freaky to be upside down. But what I wanted to demonstrate in that position is when you were a little kid, did you have that those kind of like collapsible um, toys where it had a button at the bottom and it was like little pieces of wood and you could make it go like that and then when you didn't press the button it would all stack back up and work perfectly together. That's how our bodies work based on the joints, right? But if we use that little string in the center of our body, which is our breath, our energetic practice of prana, we can do it anything. That was amazing, girls. Thank you so much for doing that for me. Um, so that on your hands is even harder than on your forearms. Why is that? More surface area. Right? There's more surface area. You feel closer to the ground. So if you're going to like fall, you don't have to like think like, oh. Yeah, I was going to say freaky. <laughs> yeah, right? It is. It's a little, it's a little intimidating. This whole thing is intimidating. And, um, so we are going to now practice just feeling comfortable, instead of walking our friend in a handstand, that is something that I would have you do, where you um, hold someone's leg, they are in the handstand, and you just hold onto their leg and they walk on their hands. We'll wait till we have a grassy day for that, how's that? Okay? Have you ever played wheelbarrow races? It's pretty much what I did with you guys. <laughs> hold your friend's feet, and walk on your hands a little bit. Because you're working from your center. I love the facial features. <laughs> you guys are all 
Have your partner. Be brave. Try it. <laughs> All you're going to do is just walk on your hands with the breath. Yep. All right. Walk forwards, walk backwards, feel comfortable, feel safe. Think of your walking from your belly. Good. Good. All right. Now switch. Feel comfortable finding your center. Your hands are your feet, your feet are your hands. Good, good. Activate your toes like you're in high plank. Dorsey, flex your feet. Keep your feet active and vibrant. Good. Okay, guys, come down. <laughs> This isn't a handstand practice, right? But I wanted you to feel the center of your body, okay? So from this center of the body principle, we're going to meet our friend, the strap, again. So as soon as you said engage your feet, and when I engage it, it like, boom. Aha, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Tadasana. Big difference. Right? Tadasana. If your hands are your feet, your feet are your hands, and you engage, it's like you're pulling up. Right? As teachers, we know when we're going to cue our friends to come into alignment, uh, or as teachers, when we're starting people in class, we start from the ground up. So if you think, oh my God, I'm on my hands, well, that's fine, because now your hands are your feet. Pull up the energy. My feet are on the ground. Oh, awesome. Pull up. It all meets in the center. And this is what we're trying to get to work really hard. Okay? So... What I want you to kind of play around with is we are going to take and um, one person is going to be on the ground with their forearm balanced. Their fingers are two inches away from the wall and your strap is on. And then leave me my partner. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to take and come into a three-legged dog. And what my friend is going to do, do you see how she's holding my hand with the um, V of her hands? So her thumb and index finger go in opposite directions. So then um, I'm going to literally go like this and put my other foot to the wall, and she's going to take the other foot to the wall. I'm in the freaking pose already. All I have to do is go like this. Does that make sense? It's going to feel bizarre. Thank you. Because... I'm not going to ask you to flip your feet for scorpion. I'm going to have you keep your feet in Pinchy Mayarasana. What happens is people right away, and I wasn't engaged, you create a banana back. So you create a, you know how bananas, they're very pretty, but they have a little bit too much arc? Mm -hmm. You want to push the ceiling away with your feet. 
Just as when your head rises up to the ceiling. When it it's against the wall? It, as you're moving the whole time. Yep. Your head never touches the ground. You're always looking forward. Okay? So you're trusting your friend and you're trusting the practice. Your friend, the teacher, only holds the foot. Can I do that same thing to you? So now, as my student is setting herself up, fingers are two inches away from the wall, the strap is around the arms because then your elbows can't go any wider than normal. Sorry. And as she does this, she's going to lift her least dominant leg or whatever feels best. Now, see, if, if we keep going like this, her hips are too open, right? So by placing myself away from the other foot that's going to kick up, and I hold her foot with the V of my hand, thumb and index finger, she's going to push into me. As she does that, she lifts up, and she's going to find space. And she can either touch the wall or not. If anybody feels uncomfortable with this, I will spot. So now we're pushing out, and we're looking to the wall. Good. And then we're activating the leg, so that ultimately, can I put my foot in here? Okay, so then, make, there you go. Lift up, lift up, lift up. Active, active, active. Good. Breathe. Stitch your ribs together on every exhale. There you go. All right, and when you're ready, come on. Okay. Child's pose, so don't get dizzy. Everybody okay? You all have very interesting looks on your faces. Let's play with just, I'll guide you through it. You're going to hold your friend's foot and just stay in that configuration and lift your foot up but not go all the way to the wall. So whoever's gonna be the student first, wear your strap. Whoever's gonna be the teacher, you're going to stand behind them. So your fingers are two inches from the wall. Two inches, two inches, even more. Okay. Yep. There you go. All right. You're pushing out into the strap, so you're always broadening the shoulders. Find downward facing dog with your legs. Downward facing dog with your legs, so your ass is so high in the sky you can feel the ceiling tile. Walk your feet forward as far as you can. Even if you need to bend your knees if you have tight hamstrings. Even if you need to bend your knees if you have tight hamstrings. All right, students, uh, teachers, make sure you're standing away from the foot. Students, lift your least dominant leg. Oh my gosh. Activate the foot, flex the foot, toes to the nose. Now, students, you're looking forward. No, yeah, you, yep. One leg, one leg, one leg, one leg. Good, good, push up, push up, push up, push up, push up. Good. All right, don't hold the feet, though. Yep. What do you
No, I wasn't thinking anything. No, when before. Oh, we were with the apparel? Yep. Oh, my core engaged. Okay, when we said to activate the foot, it your core engaged and um, your breath started to work deeper. So now the students are in crescent. Teachers are going to take one of their hands into a fist and press into the back thigh bicep to activate the, the leg. Because when you go into an inversion, your legs go passive. Engage your glute, engage the back of the leg, push into her hand as hard as you can. Push into her hand, it should bounce off of your leg. Push into her hand, it should bounce off your leg. Okay, did you feel that? Switch so that you feel. Because once you start going down, um, switch people. So now teacher becomes student, student becomes teacher. The only reason we're doing this segue is because when people become inverted, they go passive in their legs. You have to stay just as active as if you're standing. You're pushing your fist into the thighs of bicep, and it should bounce off. Yeah, right there. There you go. There you go. Push hand into leg, leg into hand, and lift your heart. You are doing scorpion pose. Right? You're just on two feet. But that's what it should feel like. When your head is below your heart, right away we go into this state of fear and fight or flight. But we have to remember if we are really present and aware in this moment-to-moment awareness practice called yoga, right? It's just a life practice. It's just a breathing practice. Use the breathing to get you to where you need to be, and you will be there, okay? So, same teacher, same student who are in forearm balance, put the strap back on your arm. So one thing that's really important, and I'll come around and work with each of you one-on-one, you know, so that you get this. When the the hand is in the foot, all you're going to do, will you do me again? All you're going to do is, they're going to hold your foot, but, you know, yeah, there you go. And as my foot is flexed, all I'm going to do is push into her, and then I'm going to, whoop, you got it? And then I'm going to lift my leg just up to meet it and back down. We're not even going to go to the wall. I want you to feel comfortable being on your forearms without max, twisting your hips and without bending your knees. Okay? Um, what does your real down dog look like? What does your real down dog look like? Oh, that's down on my left. There it is. Okay? 
long legs on your forearms. Good. Okay. Can I head the strap? As soon as you did that. Okay. So, if you girls felt okay. good that way, let's try now to get your foot to the wall. Let's switch. The only thing I want to make sure is that well, you're not holding on to both feet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's a good point. Don't want that. Okay. So, it'd be a way of hiring
for the breath, and I'm not choking on my necklace, as I breathe into it, I'm coming into touching the bolsters. So I'll make the bolsters so that they're closer to you, and you're not doing it as you're talking, but you're, you're touching that. We haven't done any backbends except for the gentle cobra and an up dog. So I want you to be really um, wary of where you're going, okay? So we're gonna make one more column of those bolsters so that you have a nice little cushion to land into. And if you wanna try it, we'll try scorpion pose using that. If you don't wanna try it, it's totally fine because you all have already practiced pinching my rasana tonight, which is already three quarters of the way to the pose. Wait, how many people have never more. done forearm balance before? The pinching marasana. Is this the, the first breath. time doing forearm balance tonight? I've done it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why don't we like it? I, it's just freaky for me. Yeah. So my mat is really slippery, so you might want to Okay, we'll pull place. another mat up to it then. Why is it freaky? It just... Head down, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It just it's always been. Didn't have a brother that you tossed with? Or? I can't hear you if you walk away. <laughs> oh, did you have a, um someone who uh like a older sibling? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all we're doing is playing with an older sibling. We just don't have some grass. The thing that um is um like starts to come into play, right? And then like um, things start to happen. Like how many people have had stitches? How many people have fallen and had to go to the hospital? Broken bones, boo-boos. Concussions. Concussions, right? Boo-boos, right? So life throws us all of these boo-boos. And as we become adults, those boo-boos, as we know as yogis, are koshas, the layers, right? You've been talked about those, mm -hmm. yeah? And what we need to kind of do is break down those walls and layers to find the freedom and the ease. So this is all effing scary. And at first, it is really effing scary. But the more you start kind of playing around and the more that you practice, 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 you'll really be able to feel that it will be something that you will be able to do. Because I believe you are. So, all we're going to do is um, take and bring ourselves into forearm balance with our hands near the bolster. We've got this nice positioning. Our head hangs down. Once you feel comfortable, you are then going to lift a leg and try and keep your hips in alignment as you bring your feet here. Right? and you're breathing. And you're just working on finding the breath to kind of play around. Anybody's done? I'll spot you. Well, I am so not going first. <laughs> <laughs> I just went first. No, no, no. Uh, who wants to go first? You look ready. Who wants to go second? <laughs> okay, so will you feel more comfortable with the help? Uh, I think it's 
is when you don't have that um, elbow positioning, if you start to get nervous, you push out, right? Okay. Okay. I will hold your foot until your toe is touched. Okay. So, your fingers right up against the floor? Yes, please. Okay. Downward facing dog legs. Walk, walk, walk. Okay, which leg are you going to lift up? Uh, my left one. Okay. As you lift your left leg up, drop the hip into alignment, flex your foot, activate, and push your shin into my hand. Good. Good. Yes. There you go. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Now engage the breath. Good. Breathe, breathe. You're there. Look it. Woo! Uh -huh. right. Good job. Good job. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, breathe. Give yourself time in child's pose. It's a little trippy for the brain. Okay. Who's gonna oh, go back? Who's gonna go next? All right, Lynn, you're not first anymore. What? <laughs> Everybody else is so much better. Awesome. No, there is no so much better. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> Anybody want to try? Okay, good. So we're gonna push out into the strap, and you're just gonna breathe. Fingertips touch the bolsters. Good. Your head hangs down. Okay, this way. You're a badass motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm here to help you. So at which foot are you going to lift up? This one? Okay. Push into my hand. Don't jump. Push into my hand. There you go. Keep pushing. Breathe, 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 breathe. I got you. You're almost there. Oh, I'm in my head. Oh, lift your... So... Uh, okay? Yeah. So it's... You might be getting tired. We've been working really hard. So if you feel tired, don't worry about it. You have to like... Yeah, I just okay. freaked up enough that I got that body yeah, part up yeah. the No, you're good. I forgot. You're good. It's all good. Okay. Want to try it again? Let's not use the strap. No, I need the strap because I push into it. Oh, good. Okay. So, so it's an effective tool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Just one more time. If I fall, uh, go down on my head again. Then we'll okay. Look forward like it's your favorite person there and you want to give them a kiss. Okay. Okay. Good. Head hangs. Walk your feet forward. Push out into the strap. Now look to the bolster. Now without even doing anything, just push into my hand and just push. Good, good. Breathe, breathe. Kick up, kick up, kick up, kick up. Good, 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 good. You got it, you got it. Yes! You got no, it. I got it. You have it. You have it. That was so good. You have it. As soon as I put my legs over, I go on You just put on your head. That's okay. We just like eat the bolster. That was good. You did it. You touched the you touched the bolster. You were in pinching Arda halfway. You were in the um, scorpion pose. You just had a more elegant leg. That's good. Okay, that's a lot of a lot of bravery. Woo! All right, who wants to go next? And you can say no. It's all good. Okay. Okay. Good? Yes, please. So just think of like when you were a little kid and you were just playing outside in the grass. Okay, you want help or not? Um, sure. Okay, so activate your foot. Yep, push it in my hand. There you go. Okay, belly, 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 belly. Breathe. Whoop, you went right into the wall. Okay, good. So think of lifting and lengthening. Good. Good, good, you okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, push. Ah, <laughs> that was good. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. Okay. It's just so disorienting. Yes, totally. It is. Just 
um, you were able to get there. So that's pretty impressive.